Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? You gotta be tough to be a hockey I idolized Dominic Kaczyk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaczyk. My life in hockey has been started because of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry. I'll hang up and listen. I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth, where everything goes and nothing's off-limits. Now I'll tell you something about this guy. This is only three minutes, eh? Whammo! Welcome, uh, everybody, to a uh, another sixth losing edition of I'll Hang Up and Listen I am Dwayne, the host of Two Goalies, One Mike, subjecting you all to this uh, torture that we've all seemed to not love but embrace. Uh, Sabres lose 5-4 five, lose five, to not – I'm pretty sure it's Vancouver's AHL goaltender this time around. I don't even know if it was their backup goaltender. Uh, I, he, Spencer Martin might have been their AHL goaltender. So I uh, – I'm at a loss for words at this point because to jump right into it, I mean, they are playing with zero desperation. Like it's just, I don't want to say same old Sabres, but same old Sabres going through the motions out there. Like you have one line, one line that's consistently contributing and that's Tage Thompson, Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck. You need more from everybody else. Um, The defense is still an absolute train wreck. Even getting uh, Yoki Haru back tonight, still an absolute train wreck. Um, You know, I think, and I tweeted it out earlier, it's even more relevant how badly we needed to, uh, how, how much we really needed to maybe put a claim in on, you know, Mike Riley or, you know, make a deal for Ethan Bear because, those guys are better than the at least our bottom two in Casey Fitzgerald and uh, Jacob Bryson right now because they're horrendous. They're terrible. Like Labushkin isn't playing much better either. Like I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start, man. It today was just really, really, or tonight was just bad. Um, right off the jump, going down two zip. Um, you know that first goal. I believe it was uh, a deflection in front. Might have been a deflection in front. I don't know. It, all I know is the defense looks so soft in front of the net. Um, not n- nobody. Nobody. Pretty much in a nutshell, nobody was pressuring the point shot. Um, nobody was taking care of business in front of their net, tying up sticks, getting bodies out of the way, um, and just. Like, like, like watching this game progress and just get worse and worse. And they were down, you know, five to two at one point. 
you know, you're you're losing every physical battle on the boards. You're not doing much on the power play. Um, and just you're getting dominated on both sides in in front of both nuts in the offensive and defensive zones. And I just I really don't know, like, you know, what do you do at this point? Uh, I, I'm not a type of guy who makes reactionary decisions like reactionary uh, to what's happening. But how do you look at the roster as it sits right now? And you're Kevin Adams and Don Ground be like, this is going to get us through and give us a chance to be a playoff team. Maybe I understand that maybe that's not their plans to start the season, but how can we sit here and go through once again, another hot start in October, go into November, look like absolute dog shit in November again, six games in a row. Like I, I am so done with these fucking moral victories. Like not that there was any, any moral victors to be had out there tonight, but I, I could totally see people like, well, at least they battled back. Down 5-2. They made it 5-4. Made it interesting. I'm fucking done with that, dude. This was like an AHL goaltender you played against tonight. And you <laughs> – I, I just – like, I totally get it, man. Like, we weren't expected to be a playoff team this year. But holy shit. Holy shit. Like, we lose physical battles left and right. We don't control the neutral zone. Uh, we get beat the pucks. I think uh, I remember at the end of the at the uh, at the uh, very end of the third period after we pulled the goalie with like two minutes left, uh, a punk. Uh, uh, it was a soft dump into our end, and we had one uh, one one play. They sent it was a one four, uh, one player four checking. We, two of our I forget who it was two of our guys go uh, go into the corner and they let him beat them both to the puck. What? You out? You both had a step on him, and he beat you to the puck, and then he pinned it in the corner for a solid fifteen seconds. Like that is inexcusable. So fucking inexcusable. That is not playing with desperation. You need to be playing with desperation right now. Um, you're not meeting the moment. I, I keep saying that you're not, you're not meeting the moments at all. Um, you're just going through the ebbs and flows of the game. It's just like. They wanted it more than you. And I think it was just seriously, like, you know, they, 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 you know, they, they wanted it more than us. I think he said, it's like, how can you sit there and say that? Like, I, I do you not want to win. Do you like losing? Did you not hear like what a sell? I mean, how does, you know, coming into that rink at home and hearing, you know, and again, it doesn't happen that often in Buffalo in the last 10 years, what a sellout crowd looks like when you're playing well, or when, you know, you're giving them a reason to cheer. I mean, come on. Like, don't you want that to continue? Don't you want when Toronto comes here and when uh, Montreal comes here or when Boston comes here to not have key, the Key Bank Center over-fucking-run with the opponent's fans? Excuse me. Like, for fuck's sakes, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. I want to go to a Toronto game and see more than half of the fans be Buffalo fans. I want to go to a Sabre, a, a game we play Montreal. We're, the, we're, we're not hearing that stupid fucking soccer song at the end of games. Like, for fuck's sakes, man. Like, I just, you, you, you don't play with any desperation out there. Who do you got to start sitting, man? Like, who do you start sitting at this point? Like, I think, did Ocposo sit for a second straight game tonight? I know he was day-to-day. Um, 
but at this point, like you think, and I know he was receiving some criticism because again, he just looks slow out there. So you added some more speed to the lineup with him being out. I mean, it doesn't even seem like it. Like, I'm just like, come on, come the fuck on. I just, I think it was, was it the one, uh, the, was the Bo Horvath or, uh, it was a Brock Besser or Bo Horvath, one of the two, like got behind both the defensemen, just a complete lack of awareness right off the boards, pass off the boards, uh, to either, either Bo Horvath or Brock Besser in alone on Anderson. And both the defensemen are just standing there with their heads up their asses. It's like, have some awareness of what's going on around you. How do you let that guy get behind you? And it's not, and it's not like the pass was coming from deep in their own end and he was hanging like the play was moving up the ice and he snuck in behind both of you and went in alone to Anderson in a, in a short, in a, in a, in a small ice situation. Like Jesus Christ, guys, it's just, it's not that hard. It really isn't like just have some awareness. Help your goaltender. Again, I'm mean, not the greatest performance from Anderson tonight, but Jesus Christ, you can't put that on him. Just like you can't put it on him. Uh, the game before, you can't put, you know, I, I personally you put the Eichel, the, the Eichel game on Comrie. Like, what more are they supposed to do? Defensively, you're a fucking train wreck. An absolute train wreck. I, I, Again, there was a... Uh, I, I forget who it was who scored the goal, but Lawrence Pilot just lack of awareness in front of the net, not knowing who's around him. Doesn't even get a stick on the guy in the pass in front. Like, that's your man. The uh, the Miller goal off the faceoff. Dylan Cousins, that's your man. You have to come through. When he wins the faceoff, that is you. You have to come through and get, go straight to him. You did it, and you left him one-on-one with Anderson. He's not going to miss from there against any goaltender. Like, for fuck's sakes, it's just a lack of awareness. So many mental mistakes. This, is, this shit's hockey 101. When you lose an offensive draw, I, I believe that was on the power play for them, you need to come through. Go through. Go to the man who's up high, and you take your man. Don't Like, you went to your winger who wasn't even involved with the play, and there's Miller just standing there alone, one-on-one with the goaltender. But like these are just mental mistakes. These are not difficult. Um, these are not difficult uh, things to fix. I, I just don't understand. Like these are all up here. It, it, these aren't even plays where you're getting beat flat out by a, a, a skill play, a high skill player. You're just making stupid mental errors that at the NHL level should be inexcusable. So I'm going to sit here and to just to go through, uh, go through another, again, once again, another, another loss to a team below you in the standings. Um, just a game that you needed to win tonight. I mean, if you were going to get out of the, out of this uh, five game losing streak tonight was a night to do it. And we have some comments here in the, uh, in the peanut gallery here. I'll pull them up here in a second, but just go over the box score. For tonight, uh, Bo Horvat a goal and two assists. Uh, Elias Pettersson, a goal and assist. Um, Ethan Bear scores his first of, as a Vancouver Canuck, a guy who was available for trade, especially when you were already ravaged an injury and on the blue line. You didn't make a move on it for whatever reason. I think he went for like what, like a late round pick. Cool. Um, OEL, uh, Ekman Larson with an assist. 
Uh, Garland with an assist. Uh, Joshua scores a goal. Lockwood with assist. JT Miller with a goal. And then Spencer Martin, I believe, again, one of their AHL goaltenders. Uh, 28 saves on 32 shots. And uh, a Buffalo stat line, you had Alex Tuck with a goal and two apples. Uh, Jeff Skinner with two goals. Um, one of the few players I thought played very well tonight. Um, Tage Thompson with two assists. Dylan Cousin with an assist. Darlene, the fucking beautiful pass to uh, Jeff Skinner. Um, threw a lot of traffic from the side, from the uh, the blocker side of the net over to Jeff Skinner, who snuck in uh, behind the defense to score on uh, Spencer Martin. Uh, Peyton Krebs uh, get an, an assist tonight. Hopefully that kind of gives him a little bit of swagger and confidence going forward here because, uh, you know, Jeff's uh, Peyton Krebs has really struggled to start. Again, I don't believe he scored a goal yet this year. Case in the middle of that with a great goal on that Peyton Krebs uh, zone entry. Uh, Owen Power with a very heads up play um, on, on the Alex Tuck tip in, um, realizing that uh, Dry uh, did not have uh did not have a stick and instead of continuing to move the puck uh around in the zone he uh, sends the puck to that where he sees uh Owen Power uh in good position in front screening Martin and you know Tuck gets a piece of it and it goes in that I mean those are the types of goals you need to score in this on a team like this like you're just not going to be able to, nothing everything isn't going to look pretty or beautiful everything in transition or off the rush, you have to be able to score dirty goals. And that's, you know, those are the kind of goals that maybe you're not going to see, you know, you know, that you're not going to, you know, you're not going to see Buffalo score a lot of those pretty, again, in transition goals where it's tic-tac-toe, you know, kind of like the Jeff Skinner goal uh, tonight um, with Tuck and uh, Tage Thompson, the seem the only line that consistently clicking, um, you, you know, you, you gotta be able to get pucks in that race says it all the time. Just get pucks to the net. Like he, if, if anybody knows it's him, not because he scored a lot of goals like that, but because he played on a lot of Sabres teams where you were, your, your backbone of your team was the goaltender and you weren't a very high skilled hockey team. So you relied on playing that type of a game where you just send pucks to the net you know, get body, get, get bodies to the net and bang home a rebound or tip a puck. Like, you know, that was their bread and butter in the Dominic Hasek days. Like they weren't scoring pretty goals in transition, uh, moving the puck, you know, back and forth, you know, with ease. Like maybe you see a lot of teams do in the NHL today, like, like your Toronto Maple Leafs, your Boston Bruins, uh, your, you know, your Vegas Golden Knights begrudgingly. Uh, you be, you got to be willing to score a goal just from sending the puck in that and hoping for some puck luck, a, a bounce off your own player, off of one of their players, banging home or bad, a, a rebound given up by the goaltender. That's where this team is going to succeed. And once they start realizing that, they're going to start winning games again. Like, we are not that team yet. And uh, one thing I do want to get to, uh, as stated in the title uh, you know, of tonight's I'll Hang Up Listen, Dylan Cousins is not ready to be a second line center. And one second. Uh, he's, he's, I've been saying this since the end of last season. I think Kevin Adams should have made a hard push to go find a guy, a veteran, kind of like you try to do with Eric Stahl, but he was, you know, he was, you know, he was well past his prime. He was a little checked out. He didn't want to be here. Um, you need to you need to go find a center that's willing, you know, not not exactly 
you know, past their prime, but their better days are behind them. And uh, I, I think that would help this team a lot. And Dylan Cousins would benefit a lot being a third line center, a checking line center. I know people don't like to say like the checking line, but that is still a thing, man. Um, and the good thing is he still has scoring ability and there's no reason that you can't put him in a third line role and have him flourish in that role. I, I've, I've been saying it's the last season. I think if you, if you have that type of depth down the middle, you go get a good second line center. Um, and you have the ability to slide a Dylan Cousins down to be your third line, uh, third line center. I think you're doing really well for yourself because it's extremely, extremely, extremely difficult to win in this league and sustain success if you can't have depth down the middle. Um, you know, being able to have Tage Thompson, uh, you know, fill it, you know, you know, move into that first line center role last year, last year, which was something none of us expected. Um, was such, was such like, uh, you know, a relief, you know, to find that guy, you know, within your own organization, not having to draft that draft him again and hope, hoping that like, kind of like we do with Jack, hoping that he could buy, be that guy sooner rather than later. You already had him, uh, thankfully. And, you know, Don Granado was able to help him develop into the player he is now, um, but you 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 definitely need a guy on your second line to to lead the way up the middle. We don't have that guy right now. I love Dylan Cousins, and I think he will be that guy someday. He's just not that guy right now, and I think they they have they're asking him to do a lot. Uh, and again, I'm not saying that he's like not good enough to be a second line center. He's just not ready to be a second line center. And I uh, you you you, you kind of see it. Um, you know, when he went in the offensive zone, um, I just, I don't think he has that, that playmaking ability yet. He has that, you know, I I think of, I think of Dylan Cousins. I think of Michael Pekka. He reminds me a lot of Michael Pekka. He will be a top, uh, a a top two line center uh, at some point in his career. He's just not ready to be there yet. Uh, He, he hits hard. He plays with a lot of edge. He sticks up for his teammates the skill is there. We've seen it. Um, I just think he still needs a little bit more time to develop in a bottom six role. Um, you know, I think less is more with him. Less less, t- less ice time is more. Let him continue to develop on the you know, you know, in a third line role. Give him some penalty, some uh, uh, second line power play minutes, some penalty kill minutes, and let him work his way into that second line role next year. Um, I, I personally believe that that's one of the things that outside of obviously the blue line that I thought Kevin Adams needs to address sooner rather than later is to find a real like, and again, it doesn't have to be a guy who's going to come in and put points on the board immediately and step in and just be an immediate path. You just got to go find a veteran a centerman out there who can step in and um, add some depth for you in your top six and, and, and not your, I mean, you're sorry, your, your top nine essentially, because then it gives you the ability to drop, you know, again, the, the disparity in skill between Dylan Cousins and whoever the center is, it doesn't have to be massive. It doesn't have to be massive. You just need a guy in that role who knows his role, knows his responsibilities and will make everybody else around him better. Uh, I think, I think Dylan Cousins can do exactly that, but in a third line role. Um, against against lesser competition, and he eventually he will develop 
uh, to be that guy. I, I just don't think he's ready. I think, you know, Don Granado has him in a little bit over his head. Don Granado and Kevin Adams, in my opinion. So, uh, you know, we have some comments here in the pin, uh, peanut gallery. Uh, Mauricio Arenas, I did say last game, Cousins looks invisible, defeated, lacks scoring, lacks finesse touch, and poor on faceoffs. I mean, again, I wouldn't say he's poor at all those things. I just, you know, think that, and, and going back to my point, um, he's just not ready to, to play the minutes and the role he's being asked to play. And I think, again, less is more with him. Uh, give him a little bit of less ice time, but put him in a role that best suits his style of play. And that's like a third line scoring and checking, checking role, uh, a penalty killer, a guy who can probably contribute on your second power play unit. Um, that's where I think he should be right now. Cause I, I just, I don't, I, I think you're hurting his development a little bit here, asking him to be a second line center right now in his career. I think in the long term, it would benefit him to get just a little bit less ice time and be asked to play a role on the third line rather than your second line. But unfortunately, we're in a situation where we don't have anybody to put in that second line role. I mean, last year, last year before the mirrors of Tage Thompson, it was supposed to be, you know, Casey Middlestad as your first line center. And then he fell off the face of the earth. He got injured and, you know, he's just not the player we hoped and thought he'd be. Had a nice goal tonight, um, you know, followed up on, a, again, a Peyton Krebs zone entry. Dylan Cousins did make a nice move. Uh, lost the puck, but then, you know, Casey Middlestead was there to pick it up, and he put it right on net, found the top corner. Looked beautiful. An absolutely amazing goal from Casey Middlestead. And that's the type of stuff where if you have that as your third line, like that, maybe not those exact three players, but you have that type, you, you have that type of ability that as a third line to contribute to your lineup and you find somebody to slot in as your second line center, it's just going to help you sustain success and win more hockey games down the road. I, again, I just don't think you can ever have too many centers. And right now we're just too young, too small, and uh, not experienced enough down the middle. I mean, your most veteran center right now is Zemgis Gergensen's. Um, who I believe is, you know, on your fourth line, if he's not, sometimes they haven't played in the wing, but outside of him, it's Tage Thompson. He played center for the first time of his career uh, in the national hockey league last season. So I just, I, I, I really think that, you know, if looking outside the organization, if you're going to make a move here soon, I think it needs to be uh, at center for sure. Um, hopefully I'm not sure the, 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 the timeline on Samuelson right now, how much longer it'll take for him to get back. Um, I, I know he's still a few weeks away, but I mean, and then the blue line, the blue line just it needs an absolute overhaul on its, with its bottom pairing. I just, I, you know, Jacob Bryson, I'm just kind of done with it, man. I mean, they're just undersized and, you know, I don't like small defensemen. I'm not a big fan of undersized, small, you know, under 200 pounds defensemen. I just, I like, you know, and again, you don't have to be a big bruising defenseman who plays this edge the way Samuelson does. But for God's sakes, man, these guys get knocked off pucks. They play, they use their sticks as windshield wipers. You know, they swing them around. You know, they're they're looking down the puck, puck watching rather than right up here on the chest. Keep your eyes up on the chest because you don't want to know what that guy can't get by you if you keep his body in front of yours. You get caught looking down at the puck. Guess what? That puck's going right through you or right around you. It's just it's just a fact. It's it's defense one hundred and one. So uh, more from Mauricio. Paterka and Cousins must be benched for Bjork 
for, uh, I mean, I don't know about that. This team lacks focus, lacks drive, lacks motivation. Another secondhand goalie backup one. Teams know your weaknesses. We don't fight. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to go into the bring up Bjork. Um, I do think that maybe he, you know, I, I know he's been performing well down in, down in Rochester, but I don't know if that's the type of move you need to make. I mean, if this continues, then sure, I'm willing to try anything. But uh, Bjork, anytime he played up in Buffalo, was absolutely invisible. But hey, maybe he played in the minors. Kent sparks something in his game, and he comes up here and he finally starts to contribute. Uh, it starts to play at the NHL level. Like, again, um, you know, I, I didn't, he, there was no spot in this lineup for him um, at the start of the season. Hence why he was waived and you know, sent down eventually to Rochester when he cleared. But, you know, if this continues, yeah, I'm absolutely willing to bring him up, but I'm just not quite there yet, I don't think. Um, it's time for another famous rant, pathetic display of professionalism athletics. <laughs> Probably like, I like that professionalism athletics. It's, uh, that's funny. Uh, you know, every day here, every night here on, uh, alling up and listen, you'll get a rant of some way, shape or form. So, um, bench players change lineups, trades, man, Mauricio is coming in hot takes another loss out of their so-called moral victory. Three years, no, 13 years, no playoffs. Lost cause, no light at the end of the road. Lottery pick next year. Pagula wants to move the Sabres. <laughs> I'm going to use this. Uh, this this right here, I think, needs to. Uh, I need I need to take a picture of this. And uh, this needs to, at like some point here. Um, I mean, that's fantastic. That whole that whole thing there is absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to I'm going to snap a picture of this because this is funny. Uh <laughs> This is where we're at right now. <laughs> it's just, it's just, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I can't, I can't even get <laughs> Oh my God. That's great. Uh, Sabres are going to Houston. God damn. I just, I would lose my mind. Um, I would never watch hockey again. And that's the God. I would never watch NHL hockey again if that were ever happened. Um, not just because I love the Buffalo Sabres, but because um, it'd be an absolute travesty if the NHL ever actually moved this hockey team out of Buffalo. Um, peanut gallery is fed up. Where is the hope and the faith? Uh, get pucks to the net today. Tuck over plays, over passes, shoot the puck. Rob Ray criticizing puck luck. We have none. Uh, and again, I said that earlier, like you, you're not the team, the type the skilled enough team where you're going to uh, being able to score so often in transition or off the rush or make the ticky tack toe play. I don't, sometimes I wish Cully would do these because he always knows the best way to, uh, to word this, um, you know, his way with words and explaining things in detail. And, uh, you know, he does, he, he does, he does do that a lot better than I do. Um, the way he's able to articulate certain things, but, uh, you know, ex but that's exactly it. You know, you're not that team right now. You just got to get pucks in that and bang away, uh, score the garbage goals, right? Uh, a little mighty ducks reference, clean up the garbage in front. Cousins doesn't have scoring touch period time to trade cousins. <laughs> All right, Mauricio, I think you're right. You're, I, 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 I am almost, I'm almost to the point of muting you, bud. I, I appreciate all of your takes here and you, you, you sit here with me and join, but now nah, the trading cousins, no, we're not trading cousins. 
Middlestat, I'm all on board with that. 100%, I'm all board with trading uh, Casey Middlestat because, again, he has had, I think, two goals in the last three games, but the same same breath. He's very inconsistent. He gets knocked off the puck way too often. He is weak on the boards. He is weak in front of the net. Um, I, he's just undersized to me, and I think that in order for his game to improve to the player that I we hope he could be, he just needs to do it in the weight room, in my opinion. You know, adding that size and that muscle uh, is just going to improve your not just your swagger, not your size on the ice and your strength, but it improves your your confidence and your swagger because you know you are bigger. And you know, you come into the you're not getting you realize you're not getting knocked off pucks so easily. You realize you are putting up a battle against players that are bigger than you. Like and Casey's just not that guy. He's not skilled enough to be that guy where he can get away with being undersized. And you know, I'm not I'm not a huge fan of his, you know, how you know his skating ability. I don't think he's a great skater. Um below average in my opinion, but um, I, I just, there's, there's so much stuff that needs to be fixed with Casey Middlesat, but I think a lot of stuff could be fixed just by putting more work in off the ice. And that's just my opinion. I don't know, Casey, I don't know what he does do off the ice, but you, you came into camp, I, you know, I, again, on NHL.com and most of our websites, he's still listed under 200 pounds. You're at year six in the NHL. You should be at least, you know, you know, 205, 210, 215, like, he needs to put on at least 15 pounds of muscle in my opinion um, to be able to survive in the long term in the NHL, because the way he is right now, it's just not going to happen. But uh, yeah, I don't know uh, where to go from here with this hockey team. Um, it is depressing. They fall to seven and nine. Um, next game is tomorrow night against the Ottawa senators. A game that you need to win. You're going on the road in Ottawa, a team that, let's see here, where they sit in the standings. They lost, they won their last game. They won, no, no, they lost uh, yesterday to the uh, the red hot New York Islanders. So they lost four to two. And then uh, they won last Saturday against the Philadelphia Flyers. So, I mean, they're five, eight, and one. Um, let me see here. You know, they are five, nine, and one. I apologize. Five, nine, and one. So they sit below you in the standings. But the, again, they're a tough team to play against. You know, Brady Kachuk always seems to give Buffalo problems. We have problems against teams' top line, top lines, and top line players. Um, that is no secret. It was evident tonight to Brock Besser and Bo Horvat, JT Miller, and Elias Pedersen. They gave you problems. We are horrendous against teams' tops lines. We need to find a line that you could out there and match up with that. And personally, I would love I would love for it to be a, a combination of Dylan Cousins and somebody else, a team a line that can go out there. And I hate to mention him twice in one in, in one you know episode, but you know the way Michael Pekka used to do it, he used to do like he would go out there against the team's top line players, and he would shut them down. I remember when Alexi Ashen used to come to Buffalo when he did play with Ottawa and Pekka would shut him down, absolutely shut him down, you know, grind him out, play with an edge, you know, play physical on him. You know, the Senators, the Ashen, the guys like that, they hated coming to Buffalo because they knew it was going to be a tough physical game. And that's what Buffalo has been lacking for a long time, that that physical side of hockey. And it's it's not dead in the, in the NHL. And I, I hate how people seem to think it is. I think it, there is such a place for it in the game still. No, obviously not with fighting, but 
you know, having a checking line, having a gritty, you know, borderline enforcer like Ryan Reeves, there are places for those guys in this league. And I just, for, for me, it's just, you know, this team desperately needs a guy like Keegan Colasar, a guy like Nick Delorier or Ryan Reeves. Like those guys have value in the NHL. I don't care what anybody says they do. Um, and this team lacks it. I think the low, the closest thing we have to it, you know, like Dylan Cousins shouldn't be fighting those battles for you. You should be fighting those battles for Dylan Cousins when he gets roughed up. Like you, you don't like seeing guys like Rasmus Dahlin, um, see, seeing guys like Rasmus Dahlin having to be the chippy guy that plays with an edge. You don't want Dahlin fighting. You don't want Cousins fighting. You know, you don't to play with an edge. You don't have to fight. But you certainly, certainly uh, have to stick up for each other, yourselves, and don't be a pushovers out there. And right now we're just a bunch of pushovers. We're laying down like a $2 whore. Um, and uh, it's unacceptable. And you, you play like that again tonight, tomorrow night against Ottawa, they are going to steamroll you 100%. Uh, at this point, I can only assume we'll probably get their backup goalie. Um, I'm not sure uh, Cam Talbot played in the last their last game with a 4-2 loss to the uh, Ottawa Senators, or I'm sorry, to the um, New York Islanders. So not sure who we get, um, if it would be Talbot again um, with a couple nights rest. But uh, you, you got you to start winning hockey games here, guys, and you can't let this get to seven games, not against Ottawa. If there is a game to really – you know, get your swagger back and get your confidence back. Maybe, again, I am not fucking giving moral victories here, but maybe build off that what semblance of was a comeback, take it in the next game, and just go and fucking steamroll the Ottawa Senators. They're below you in the standings for a reason. They are not ready yet. Uh, but, again, there are there is a, a lot of skill on that team. Again, in Brady Kachuk, uh, Stutzel, uh Claude Giroux with that veteran leadership that he brings to the team. Um, and then let me see who else, you know, they got Jake Sanders. Is that Jake Sanderson? Yep. Jake Sanderson, former first round pick, uh, US NTDP uh, standout. Um, Jay, um, he's at, I saw Jay Larson. I can't be Johan Larson. He definitely, he definitely 1000% when uh, went overseas back to Europe to play. But they have Batherson, a very good hockey player. Um, and there is, like I said, there is some young, fast talent on that hockey team. And, uh, yeah, Batherson, so far this season, 14 points in 15 games. Um, Brady Kachuk, let's take a look at uh, the season he's having right now. Um, again, he's always been a player that's caused Buffalo problems every time we play against them. 20 points in 15 games, yep. Bound to probably give this team problems. Uh, Tim Stutzel, uh, looks like, uh, you know, again, 15 points at 15 games, point a game player. This team is well on its way to being a problem, uh, in our division, and uh, you know, they aren't going to be a pushover. So, you know, tomorrow going back, going to Ottawa back to back nights, I'm assuming we'll probably get Eric Comrie. Um, you have to go into Ottawa and win a hockey game. You accept nothing less. You, you, you cannot lose. You cannot take a loser point. I mean, Mauricio, if you want to see me lose my fucking mind, 
come on, I'll hang up and listen tomorrow night if the Sabres lose tomorrow. Um, I don't, And I don't care how close it is. You need a victory. You cannot let this get to seven games. I will lose my fucking mind tomorrow night if they go into Ottawa and lay another egg. That is a fact. Um, but, you know, with that being said, Houston, <laughs> Houston Oil Rich – Texas Pugula is wealth killed two birds, one stone. 11,000 fans tonight concerning last interest fans or concerning lost interest fans. Uh, yeah, it is concerning, you know, because we've had that building pretty full a couple times this year already, and it gets loud in there. And the Sabre, I, I hope these players recognize that. They don't take it for granted, and they start playing with some desperation um, to fill that arena again. Get desperate. Fill the arena. Um, and as I say that, I just get a notification that Jack Eichel just got his 400th career point. Um, awesome. I just I, I, just don't care. Whatever. That's what a way to end. I'll hang up and listen. Um, with that being said, shout out, Matt. I'll hang up and listen. It's been brought to you by Outlet Liquor, the place to buy a case. What's your outlet for your Sabres game night and Bills game day needs? Buffalo sports has been a train wreck the past two weeks. Uh, so let's um, turn it around. Turn the frown upside down tomorrow night in Ottawa. I'll predict a 5-2 win for the Buffalo Sabres. 5-2. A couple Tage Thompson goals. Rasmus Dahlin gets on the score sheet a few times. Uh, goal and assist. And uh, Eric Comrie turns things around for himself. He gets back in the, back into his winning ways. And, uh, you know, we start to turn this season back around. So with that being said, I'll hang up and listen. You guys enjoy the rest of your night. Get some sleep. We'll see you here tomorrow night. I'll talk to you later. And let's go Sabres. Hey, everybody, this is Dwayne from Two Goalies, One Mike, a show where we give you a behind-the-mask coverage of the greatest sport on earth, whether it be happening right here in Buffalo or around the hockey world. Now you might be thinking, hey, Dwayne, why would I want to hear what you two idiots have to say about hockey? Well, first of all, rude. Second of all, we're bringing coaches, players, analysts from your favorite programs from ESPN to Sportsnet to TSN. We're always on it. If you're a Sabres fan or just a hockey fan, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can check us out at trainwreckSports.com or the Dean Blundell Podcasting Network. Thank you for your support, guys, and I'll hang up and listen. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. 
Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network. 